Good day to you, podcast listeners, and welcome back to the Carry On Cast at Easter Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Brandon, joined today by Pastors Megan and Pastor Steve. Say hello. 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 We're we're back to recording on Zoom. That's my fault. I'm not feeling very good today, and neither is my daughter. So we're playing it safe, staying home, getting tested for COVID, all that good stuff. So um, anyways, thanks for sticking with us throughout the podcast. Ups and downs of this past year, very similar to your own lives, probably, with a lot of ups and downs. We have successfully been launched for this fall worship series, God Is we are. And this past weekend, we also had our ministry fair to uh, remind remind God's people gathered at Easter Lutheran Church that, hey, God's still doing a lot of amazing ministry through Easter Lutheran Church. Some of the ministry programs are launching again for fall programming. Some are still going. Um, so we just, we just want to invite you to take a look at easter.org and um, find find your fit. Um, see, w- w- there's so many amazing ways for people to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. So what is God calling you to today and throughout the rest of this year? So we are launched, and I think um, this worship series, God Is We Are Today, is almost like a, a restart, uh, a relaunch, a new beginning. Uh, but we're going to get into that because Pastor Steve, um, Last week, you had the story of the the humans in the Garden of Eden, and of course, we were created because God formed us out of dirt and then blew air into us, and so we are biblically, verifiably, dirt bags. Um, right? <laughs> windy, that, windy and, dirt, and bags. dirt bags, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're just capable of evil, right? Capable of evil, indeed. <laughs> And um, that's also part of the problem, I think, um, that that leads us to today's story, where we're, we're going to kind of jump ahead a few chapters to get to Noah and the ark. But Pastor Steve, is there anything uh, you want to say that happened between last week's sermon and, and this week's focus on Noah that we need to know about, to pay attention to? I see what you did there. We need to know uh, about. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Chad joke. Chad joke. Um, Yes, there's a lot of things we need to know about. Uh, we left it off in chapter three last week with the the humans leaving the garden of paradise uh, so that they wouldn't eat of immortality of the tree of life. And the the story, uh, Noah's story actually begins in chapter six. And so chapter four and five tell a tale of going from bad to worse to horrible. And, and, but there's actually two strains of human here. Um, there, uh, in one strain, so the, next, the very next story is that um, the male and female have children and there's two sons, Cain and Abel. And Cain, because of jealousy, envy, um, murders his brother, which is like an archetypal story of humanity is you, you don't like your brother, so what, of course, you murder him. And then Cain was sent- If you're used to the line, am I my brother's keeper? Uh, <laughs> if you've heard that punt uh, used by someone, it comes from the story of Cain and Abel. Yeah. And the answer is, yes, you are your brother's yeah, keeper. Pretty definitively. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Cain, not so much. And so 
you know, j just another another testament to the fact that this is not that these are creation stories and not history. Like there's whole civilizations out there that Cain goes and encounters. Right. This is not like there's only four people on the planet during this story. So this is about human. This is about the human condition. And so what's the very next thing you get is probably people's least favorite part of the Bible is genealogies, but they're actually some of the most important parts of the Bible, because what genealogies do is they connect. It's like the connective tissue because you've got two kinds of genealogies. You've got the children that follow after Cain's behavior, which is increasing violence. And then uh, they had another son named Seth and the, you have the sons of Seth who are like these faithful. There's one line of people who remain faithful to God. Uh, and that's where Noah comes from, but it's only one tiny little thread and all of humanity uh, is so utterly violent that God uh, gets super sad about it. So that's kind of the quick fill in the gap. I'll let you uh, tell us what it's all about. Well, yeah, and I think that's a really good way to uh, put it, Pastor Steve. God gets super sad about it. We find in Genesis 6, verses 5 through 8, the Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth, and that every in inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made humankind on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out from the earth the human beings I have created, people together with animals and creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. And that, that brings us to the first part of this weekend's reading, Pastor Megan. Oh, well, this is Genesis chapter six, starting with verse 13. Let's read 13 through 22. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am going to destroy them along with the earth. And let's just pause there to realize that if you were Noah getting that, like, would not your heart be in your throat right now? Like, that's a real, that's a real rough way for God to lead this conversation. Um, but, but with that commentary, moving on verse 14. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. It's width 50 cubits and it's height 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and put the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower second and third decks. For my part, I am going to bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your son's wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds according to their kinds and of the animals according to their kinds of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Two of every kind shall come in to you to keep them alive. Also take with you every kind of food that is eaten and store it up and it shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. 
And then the reading moves forward. Uh, we skip through the whole story of the actual flood and its destruction. We move to chapter nine, where we hear what happens after the floodwaters have receded. So this is chapter nine, starting with verse eight. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, as for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark, I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Whew. The word of the Lord. Is it? That's a, I mean, I know it is, right? but that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> that is a tough one. Well, um, and there's one thing, um, I, it's not lost on me that we use the, the mass genocide of all creation as our favorite children's story. Um, tuck our kids in at night and say, sleep tightly. Um, cause the flood came. Um, so I, I think, you know, there's Professor Catherine Schifferdecker from Luther Seminary. She she points out, and and we're not going to let God off the hook, um, but um, she does point out that the destruction of the earth is the direct result of the violence and corruption of human beings. The violence and corruption that filled the earth long before the floodwaters cover it. So it's almost, you know, I've been finding myself thinking, well, things were already destroyed even before the flood came. Um, we, we humans tend to be pretty good at destroying everything, uh, without the help of a flood, without God's help. But, um, so I don't want to sound like a super duper downer, um, cause we want to send you into this week with something to think about. And speaking of something to think about from this story, uh, it's not lost on me that there's details about how to make the ark, um, bringing not just humans onto the ark, uh, some humans, uh, and then also animals of every kind. Um, but Pastor Steve, what's rolling around in your noggin over there? Oh, about this whole story? Yeah. Well, I, there, I have something about the beginning of it, and then I have something about how it ends. Do you want me to give you both, or do you want me to hold off on the end? Give us the beginning, and yeah. then Pastor Megan will give us more, and then we'll jump to the end. Yeah, so, so at this moment in my theological journey, this is how I kind of unpack this story, is, you know, the Hebrew cosmology in which this story is written is God, as Pastor Megan told us two weeks ago, God brings order out of chaos, right? And so you can imagine that God, when God separated the waters below from the waters above, it's as if God is actively holding these waters apart from each other. So, so the, the imagination of God's activity in the world is that God is actively keeping things orderly so that humanity can live and flourish and have this abundant life that we were created for. But then humanity continually turns towards chaos, turns towards violence, and, 
And the wrath of God is not as much direct punishment as it is God taking the hands off of the order and letting it collapse on itself and handing us over to the thing we actually desire, which is chaos. <laughs> and so these waters, we have to remember that these waters in the Hebrew scripture represent chaos. And God's like, okay, you want a world of chaos? Oof. Let it happen and see how that works for you. But I love you so much. I'm going to actually keep a remnant because if God hated humanity, God would have just wiped it all out. But God preserved it and hit the reboot. So there, that's as much as I got for you. Well, and, and you mentioned a, a, a reboot, right? And, and I think that the reboot is not only for humanity. I think in its own way, it's, it's for God as well. I think mm -hmm. one of my favorite, scariest, most disturbing, most interesting, depends on the, the lens you put on it, parts of the story, um, is uh, when God changes in the course of this story, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because in the beginning, it says, oh, God was sorry that humans even existed, like God regretted what had been done in creating them. And then later on, when we get to chapter nine, God is like, oh, hey, uh, about that. I feel kind of bad that I did that. I see now that that was maybe not my best move. And so now from now on, I, I promise that for sure, something like that's not going to happen again. And, and I think for some people, that's really distressing that, mm -hmm. that God might change, right? God did a thing and now God won't do a thing or doesn't do that anymore, does this instead. But the whole point of scripture is God's responsiveness to humanity and creation. The whole story starting right here is God saying, oh, that's what's going on. Whew. Okay. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to take this a different direction. You know, God continually responding to whatever it is we as humans are, are usually messing up, but, but just more generally doing, um, and saying, okay, like you said, pastor Steve, I love you so much that here's how I'm going to keep this thing going. Here's, here's how we're going to do this next. I mean, that's a lot of the story of, of Genesis, um, and, and even kind of the, the Pentateuch and the Old Testament in general is God really tweaking that covenant with God's people to say, okay, now that the commitment's going to be this shape now, and these people are going to be included, and it's going to take life in this way until we get to the New Testament. And God says, all right, I've tried a bunch of stuff and it's all been fine, uh, but none of it's really worked the way I wanted it to. And so we get Jesus. And I think it would be easy to start at the beginning of the Old Testament and say, well, if God is omniscient, why did not God send Jesus right at the very beginning and not do all this stuff, just skip to the end? Because God is responsive, because God is looking at humanity and creation and what's going on and saying, okay, what? What can we try here? Okay, not quite that. Okay, this. And in a way that is more comforting to me, because I don't have a God who's just like static, like this is my only action. I also don't have a God that says, all right, I'm going to set things in motion, and then I'm going to step back and let them all play out. That's mm. kind of a, a, a disengaged, disinterested God. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm selfish if I'm putting in my order. That's not the kind of God I want, right? And so if I'm looking at scripture, I see this God who continues to engage, who continues to, to try new things, who, who in God's own self and relationship with us also changes. And that's 
that's much more compelling to me. Even as I say things about God do not change, like God's faithfulness and God's love for us and God's desire to be in relationship with us. Those things about God don't change, but the ways God does that changes. And for my money, that's, that's the best way. That's good parenting. You know, God changes. And, you know, I would think, you know, humans after seeing the result of corruption and evil is such destruction via the flood that as soon as they get off that ark, my goodness, they're going to be changed forever and turn from evilness and corruption. Right, Pastor Steve? Oh, no. No. (laughs) It gets bad right away. It's like New Year's Day and we're all like, oh, that's it. This is new. This is how it's going to be now. I'm a new person. It's a new year, new life. And by about January 12th, uh, we're basically the same person. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not even with new habits. It's uh, humanity is real good at getting stuck in a rut. I mean, the next stop on the story is the Tower of Babel, which is the Empire of Babylon. And that's like... In the Hebrew mind, that is the poster child of evil and personified. And so, so we have a reminder from Pastor Megan that God, God is con, con, well continuously, not continuously, but God is changing um, to to figure out how to be in this relationship with humans and all of creation. And humans, I think we make it really hard um, because we we don't change. Um, but pastor Steve, you had mentioned, you know, you've got something to say about the beginning of the story and the end of the story. So let's hear what you have to say about the end of this story. Well, I want to talk about the bow because people associate the story of Noah with the rainbow because rainbows are beautiful and they are, but what's really interesting is it doesn't say rainbow. Now it is referring to the rainbow, but the word is bow. And it's exactly the same word as like bow and arrow. And so I, I honestly can't remember the first time I heard this, but it really reshaped my reading of this story is like, imagine that God is a mighty warrior with a bow and arrow shooting arrows at you. And that's like what the flood was. And God promises, I am going to take my bow and I'm going to hang it up in the sky. So I'm not going to use it anymore. And every time you see my bow hanging up there, you'll know that I'm not going to do that again. And I I just like transformed the way I see what the bow represents is its peace. Is Mm -hmm. it's God promising to not destroy us again. And that's a great because, you know, covenant means promise. It's a binding contract. And so anyway, I just think that's a cool visual image, this this um this uh, archer's bow being being hung up i'm not going to use that anymore Mm, that's good and and what do you think that says to somebody who might be going i don't know if everybody anybody else on the podcast has thought this but sometimes something happens and you wonder what am i being punished by right is god singling me out uh because i did something wrong here what do you think that says to those folks and and to me sometimes I, well, I mean, I'm not going to point any fingers, but I, I'm, I know I've thought the same thing about my own life too. So let's just be, let's just be honest about it. I think it is, it is for us a reminder that, that God, at least once upon a time, man, uh, promised that God wouldn't function like that anymore. And sometimes it's hard to remember that it's hard to keep that in mind. So it's not like we're telling you you're wrong for thinking that, um, 
But we are saying you can trust God's promises. And if God has said, I'm not going to do this anymore, I am not, I'm not going to just let go and let chaos do what it's going to do. Um, like Pastor Steve said, I'm setting that bow off to the side and I'm not going to touch it again. It's a reminder for us too, that this is not how God has chosen to function among us anymore. God, God isn't going to do that any longer. And so it might not feel like that. So I, I get that that can be hard to remember, but, um, but here's the promise for you that God says, that's, that's not what I do. And so if something's going wrong, it's because stuff still goes wrong and life is still hard and, and tragedy still happens. And every so often chaos does manage to rear up, but we have a God who has promised not to let it have the last word. Amen. Well, I think that's a good last word. Um, so, dear listeners, uh, thanks so much for joining us today at Easter Lutheran Church on our podcast, uh, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.